0: Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown, your host Jake Burns, we've got a good show for you guys today, maybe even a great show, an interview I think you're going to really like with a player, a rookie on the Cleveland Browns, Isaiah Thomas, that's coming up here in a little bit. Other pieces of information that have come out over the recent days, I just wanted to make note of. One key thing I've noticed when I watch videos, like a lot of people watch OTA clips things like that just for the pure enjoyment of it. You're normal, that's fine. I watch them to see what I can understand schematically, personnel-wise. Some people do this, it's okay, you know. I I think more people than just myself, but I always try to key in on things. And one thing I noticed was that today during a quarterback session, Deshaun Watson was working a play action boot concept. But from what looked to me like pretty decipherable, a shotgun, but not shotgun, actually a pistol look. So kind of that tight look, if you're not familiar with what pistol look is, it's the back behind the quarterback and uh, the quarterbacks in a condensed shotgun look about three, three and a half yards behind the center. Provides some flexibility. I think it'll be a really interesting thing because it can give the Browns chances to put two backs in the backfield can give them a ton of RPO options can give them a lot of play action stuff. They love boot concepts and their tight boot concepts where they're play actioning and sort of moving in the pocket from that play action vertically instead of horizontally. They can work the quarterback laterally. And like I said, they can still do their power counter game, their wide zone game and everything off of it mixed in with that RPO stuff. So I do expect Cleveland to be in pistol a lot. They can still do their quick passing game The only difference is from under center, it's three steps from the pistol. Look, it's not three steps. It's just more of a catch punch. We call it used to call it punch rock throw. It's a, it's, it's a similar depth from that alignment. So if you actually take that one gather step, it's a similar depth to if you take a three step from under center. So that to me was an indicator of what I've been thinking all along, which is that we'll see a lot of pistol stuff. And I think it's going to be an exciting wrinkle and I actually don't even think it's going to be a wrinkle. I think it's going to be a staple of what they do with an athletic quarterback like Watson and creating some creativity for this offense that will still need some creativity because they don't have a ton of explosive weapons on the outside. So other things that have come out that I've noticed, it's definitely Greg Newsom, the leader in the clubhouse for slot snaps. He's been playing there continues to say he's ready to play the toughest position in the NFL, which to me, playing slot corner is a tough position. The thing I kind of worry about is you don't typically see the value of premier corners as slot corners. Maybe that is shifting over time here in the NFL. Not sure. We don't have a ton of highly paid slot corners. Greg is, I think, a phenomenal field corner, but they've drafted some guys. They have Greedy. They have A.J. Green. They like Emerson. We'll see what it shakes out to ultimately, but the flexibility of Newsom to play in the slot And I think being a guy very capable of it is going to be invaluable to them. So we'll see what shakes out with that. I do, too, think you should read tomorrow's article by John Stephenson with the fallback fits. It's going to teach you how the Browns fall back against certain looks, certain uh, post-snap movements, and how the slot corner becomes an integral part of that. Okay, So make sure you check that out if you find the time. That's going to be for OBR subscribers uh, otherwise, things that came out, something interesting was that the uh, Panthers have kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit on what they did on draft night. There's a video out there of their decision to trade up for Matt Corral. Um, also, what was out there is that uh, John Emmett Alexander of the Charlotte Observer noted that the Browns were asked to pay 13 or $14 million of the contract. Uh, thats 18.8 for a single year of Mayfield. So that is a huge number they were trying to get the Browns to pay. The Browns obviously unwilling to pay that number at this time. That could bend as we get closer to training camp. But for now, the Browns are not willing to do that, holding out a little bit longer. But that's really the first huge ask I've seen out there about how much actually a team is asking of Baker Mayfield to take. So interesting to me. Otherwise, OTAs look to be going smoothly. Uh, Appears Miles Garrett is in Cleveland. He did a really cool Dungeons & Dragons charity event. So he's probably going to appear in the coming days. And uh, we talk about Miles and Jadeveon here in a little bit with our guests. But yeah, it's a pretty... Pretty fun time for the football team and, and basically the the bonding process stuff they're doing right now. Deshaun Watson looks really sharp on the field, which is what I expected. Completely different player in terms of uh, what he brings to the skill set at the position. So that will unfold when it's supposed to unfold, but again, continues to look look really sharp. Uh, David Njoku still missing, uh, looking at that new new contract we've been told today. From people we trust here at the OBR, that they are close on a contract. I don't know if that means it gets done in the coming week here, but they are close. So their figures are close. It's just about ironing out some little things that need ironed out. But overall, pretty good week from what we've seen at OTAs. The bonding process, the team coming together, looks like they're in a pretty good place mentally. There's still big shoes to drop on the season. We know that. But, uh, you know, getting Clowney back, getting these rookies together with the veterans, all really, really good stuff. So we're actually going to talk to Isaiah Thomas. Myself, Corey Kennan, OBR colleague. You've seen Corey join us in the past four months here, doing a great job with draft content. Corey set this up. I think it's a great interview. Isaiah is very well spoken. Great, great thought on on uh, great thoughts from him on a lot of different things. His Oklahoma days, the type of defense they play, uh, all the way through what he's learning in Cleveland, what his expectations are, even as granular as the process for a guy coming to Cleveland as a rookie and what that all looks like. So I really enjoyed doing this interview with Corey. We both spent uh, time rotating through questions with him and Isaiah. Shout out to him for taking time to do this. So let's get over that interview right now.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: All right. We are here with seventh round pick of the Cleveland Browns, Isaiah Thomas, fresh out of OTAs. Isaiah, how's it been? You know, you had rookie minicamp, but now we're kind of wrapped in with the vets. The vets are in the building now. So kind of how's that been?
3: Yeah, yeah. um, It's it's been pretty cool. Uh, You know, being around the guys these last couple of days and uh, seeing instantly in the meeting room how their personalities were. And in the locker room, I seen that me personally, I instantly fit in with these guys. You know, it's a welcoming, you know, group of D-line, you know, as far as those vets and, you know, being out there on the field. They have no problem with, you know, bringing us along, giving each other, you know, giving us information and, and tips on what to do and what not to do and what to look out for just so we can be as successful as possible. Just like the success that they've had in their career, And uh, even off the field, you know, being like that big brother, you know, being there for us this Memorial Day weekend and, and just making sure we'll be fine and have somewhere to be and uh, stuff like that. So it's been pretty cool.
2: Resign just in time too, kind of fits that same big end mold that you're kind of in. Have you had the chance to, to have a conversation with with Jadavian Clowney yet yet?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, David's a funny guy, man. He has a big personality. He, uh first thing he said when he seen the rookies, he said, Dang y'all big, man. He said uh, he said uh, he was like Coach Kiff, y'all got the biggest rookie D lineman I ever seen. And uh yeah, yeah, he's a he's a fun guy. Um you can you can tell that he's very, you know, very polished and you know, a tenured vet in his game. Uh just him being out there on the field and just talking about the things that he's seen and the different type of sets that he's wound up against and the different type of old linemen. And it's kind of pretty cool to just pick his brain and really just let him talk and just, you know, talk and just freely just talk about what he's seen and the experiences he's had. So I've got a chance to talk to him a little bit.
0: It's awesome. It's awesome, man. We uh pretty excited about some of the depth the Browns have brought in here, defensive end, yourself included. I'll be honest, man, I when you were selected in the seventh round, I was like, I kind of thought you'd already been picked. So like because we viewed you as a as a hyper talented player and I was like, man, this is a this is one of the best 7th round picks I can remember the Cleveland Browns making in some time, but I'm curious from your perspective, going into the draft, what were you expecting? Did you have a lot of conversations with Cleveland? Were you really excited when you got picked there? Just sort of looking at what that experience was overall for you.
3: Yeah, so in the pre-draft, um, I spoke with Cleveland a couple times um, at the Senior Bowl, um, at the combine, and and like uh, through um, a, one of our player engagements uh, coordinators, and um, not too much, but you know enough to get a feel for them and, and for me as well. And then, uh, like you said in the draft, you know, being surprised that I was picked in the seventh round. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I was too. Um, just from you know the talks with the teams and just with my agent on where projected uh, where they thought me going, you know, kind of caught me by surprise, but. Um, at the start of that seventh round, you know, when I got that 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 uh that phone call, and they had the Cleveland, Ohio area code. And seeing that it said um the Cleveland had the second pick in, it, in that seventh round, you know, I was really excited, really anxious to see, you know, you know, you know, what they have in store for me. And, you know, Coach even Coach Kiffin even said it today. He said, That's why we brought you here. He said he said, Not nah, because you're just a good player, but because you're uh you fit our scheme and and really it really definitely brought some excitement when they picked me.
0: You get you get picked by Cleveland. What's the first thing that goes through your mind, man? I can't wait to be miles. I, like, what's the first thing about going to Cleveland that's got you pumped up?
3: Yeah, I, I'd say the very first thing I thought of, I was like, oh my god, they got arguably the best defensive player, you know, defensive player in the NFL on that on that defensive side. And he plays my position, and uh, that that'd be pretty cool to you know just be out there on the field in that practice and just to learn from him. And and obviously, just my dreams coming true of you know being in the NFL. And you know, just Cleveland itself, obviously with. Everybody knows LeBron, what he's done for the city and whatnot. So, you know, it's, it's just pretty cool that this history of, of sports, not just football, you know, a lot of it lives here in Cleveland and just being a part of it, man, I'm ready to write my name in that history as well.
0: A little bit so of a mean, basketball player yourself, right? A little state yeah, yeah, championship?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In high school, yeah. won won't be a state championship. I obviously named Isaiah Thomas, you know, so it kind of goes. That's awesome, so you, man. Corey, go
2: ahead. Yeah, that is great. Uh, so you mentioned that they view you as a scheme fit. So at Oklahoma, you, you played a lot of three tech, a lot of four eye, is that kind of what they have in mind for you? Or are they looking at, you know, more on more on the, the, like a, a big end kind of out a little bit wider?
3: Yeah, definitely more out on the edge, uh, more out on the, you know, nine technique tight ends in there sometimes, and you know, just, just that big defensive end, you know, you know, really just solidifying our role there. Then as time goes on, you know, with the success that I know that I'll have, you know, probably, you know, switching it up a bit, throwing me inside of some packages, maybe or just similar to how Oklahoma did it, you know, having me play that defensive end and building that trust with the coaching staff, knowing my stuff, like, hey, man, let, let's put you right here in, in this third down package, or, you know, in certain situations, play defensive tackle but As of right now, you know, that big defensive end.
0: So, so right now, it might be a little too early to piggyback on Corey's question. You might not really know where they have you honed in, or maybe you do. Are they having you sort – is there – how do you guys do it? Do you strong side D, like strong side weak side the ends? Like what what way do you guys go about figuring out where you're aligning every snap?
3: Well, really, right now, coach is trying to get a feel for everybody and then what they like the like like the most. So, you know, right now they just do left in, left in, right in. And you know, players, okay. players switch, you know, today I'll be at, you know, yesterday I was at left end, today I was at right end. So coach just uh, right now is just trying to get a feel for what guys mold well together and what players work best on what side.
0: Is it completely different from Oklahoma? I know Oklahoma was a unique defense. Corey's kind of talking about that too, at least from the outside looking in kind of a three, three, five base, a lot of slanting. Is it, is it different so far? Do you feel like it's pretty similar? Like, I'm just curious if this defense is a complete overhaul for you in terms of what you're learning.
3: I'd say in a sense for me, it's pretty similar. Um, I say that because of a, we, we obviously have plays where we, you know, slant here and there, you know, got to switch it up and give the offense a different looks and whatnot, but I mean, it's similar in some ways, but also different. Definitely, the scheme is different. Definitely, the play calling type is different. Because at Oklahoma, you know, it seemed every single play somebody was slanting in a sense. And you know, you don't have, you don't always have that here. You know, you know, guys, you know, just guys just go go out there and make plays in the sense. And, you know, coaches, if one thing that they'll say, if you mess up, mess up going full speed. But I mean, production overrides technique. So you know, just go out there and just play your scheme and technique and, and be productive.
2: So you weren't the only defensive end drafted by the Browns this year. Have you and Alex Wright had a chance to, have you guys kind of been working together to, to get scheme fits down, to get like your, your feet underneath you inside the building, things like that. It seems like that would be a natural pairing for you two to, to just kind of go arm in arm through, through kind of the the process your first time around.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a natural fitting. I mean, you know, uh, actually me and Alex are kind of, kind of close to each other here at the hotel and go to each other's rooms every now and then, you know, go over the playbook, go over the schemes and whatnot and, we also play 2K here and there. He has not beat me yet. So if you get a chance to bring that up, he has not beat
2: me. That yet. is interesting so, because we talked to him. We did. And he's like, and I asked him because he mentioned in building the Browns, he mentioned that he takes his PS5 with him everywhere. And I was like, what's one game that nobody can beat you in? And he said 2K.
3: <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's really so, interesting. Yeah. So so when you guys had talked to him, at the time he was right. Uh, he, he played a couple of our other players on the team up here. And he, he had lost. And we played twice. Uh, you can ask him. We played yesterday. And the day before yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, then I won both games.
0: So the UAB 2K market, not very strong. That's what we're going to understand today.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, not very reliable. <laughs> hey, I
0: want to backtrack one more question about Oklahoma. What, what, Why Oklahoma? What what, what drew you there? I know you were looking at some big schools, too. Was there any other place you were really, really close to going and Oklahoma kind of won out the last minute?
3: Yeah, so what kind of draw draw, uh, draw me to Oklahoma is, you know, the consistency with the coaches and their relationship with me. It wasn't. You know, some schools kind of, you know, offered me then you know, didn't really talk to me up until, you know, before signing day. Some, you know, hit or miss, you know, when, when it came to reaching out to me and whatnot. But Oklahoma was consistent, you know, somebody at least reaching out once once a week or something like that, checking on, you know, you know, keeping up with me, telling me congrats on winning the state championship and congrats on other things in life. So just the consistency with the relationship, it being close to home, Oklahoma being the top school in the country at all, just was more like a like a win-win situation for me than Outside of that, you know, um, Oklahoma State was in there simply because of, you know, similar, uh, obviously, with Oklahoma. Then as Oklahoma just pulled away. You know, Alabama was also in that mix because um, they had Josh Jacobs at the time. And Josh Jacobs is from from the same hometown, you know. Um, then I uh, talked to him a lot about Alabama, what they've done for him and how the program is. So that kind of drew me to there as well. But Oklahoma just, just wanted out. I feel that.
0: Okay, cool. Good stuff, man. Corey, you got another one?
3: Yeah, I was just going to ask you about Oklahoma as
2: well. So you were at Oklahoma for five years, and right. through that you played with with five different quarterbacks, and all of them are are pretty significant names. So just like <laughs> talk through like going from Baker Mayfield to Kyler Murray to Jalen Hurts to Spencer Rattler to yeah. Caleb Williams. That's like that's a lot for one player to go through uh, at, at one school. So just talk about that experience a little bit.
3: No, it's pretty cool. You know, definitely unprecedented. I, I don't think anybody else, but other than the guys from my class who played five years, can say that. Uh. So, yeah, Baker, my freshman year, Baker was intense, a fierce leader, a uh, competitor for sure, and just wanted to win. And I was the closest we got to winning a national championship, I'd say, because we lost to Georgia by, you know, a touchdown in the playoffs in, in overtime. But, you know, come to Kyler, I think Kyler was most naturally gifted, just, just naturally gifted at, you know, arm talent speed, and, you know, just versatility in his game on offense, man. It, it was unlike anything I'd seen with his size. Then you go to Jalen, Jalen, Jalen and Baker were probably the best two leaders i played with. And and Jalen, Jalen is definitely up there for the hardest worker that that I've seen as a quarterback. And and, and that guy definitely still brings that into the NFL, as you can see, and and from Alabama to Oklahoma. Then you have Spencer, you know, Spencer was highly talented coming out of high school and, you know, definitely backed it up um, in that COVID year. Then, you know. Kind of, kind of, you know, didn't have the year he wanted to in, in that 2021 season, but definitely a guy who always wanted to win as well. And a competitor, you know, he had a little swagger to him and a little chip on his shoulder. And then when it came to Caleb, I, I put Caleb in that category with Caleb uh, with Kyle Murray as you know, just naturally gifted at, at what they can do, and just you know, their energy and their impression on the game was unlike anything else. So it's, it was definitely fun to have all five. Yeah, so, I'll sh-
0: I'll shift it back a little. Go, no, Corey, go ahead if you have. No, a you're good.
2: I I just had another you know Oklahoma into Browns question so obviously you weren't the only sooner to to come to Cleveland this year either so uh, <laughs> we got to talk about one of the fan favorites already in Perion. I need to know what your your best Perion Winfrey story is that's appropriate to 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 say while you're yeah. being recorded
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man do I have it oh man that's appropriate for camera weather no nah, I'm kidding uh well Perion, you know. His energy is so natural and, you know, so, so natural. You've seen, you probably seen his draft day interview, you know. Oh, yeah. Juiced up, you know, 100% concentrated, all this and that. And that's true. You know, uh, before games, perion would try his best to, like, stay up as late as he can and just, like, not, like, you know, go out of his way. But if he couldn't sleep, he wasn't going to, like, make himself go to sleep. And the thing that he would do is, you know, just take as many things that, that would just like, give him energy and whatnot to keep him up at night because he thrives off just, you know, just I don't know what it is. But that's how he is. You know, he'll wake up after two hours of sleep, play the next game, and, you know, be the most productive on the defense. So, I mean, it's not a crazy story, but it's just naturally who he is with the interview that you've seen and the energy he has.
0: Yeah, I know I know most fans are pretty excited about having both of you here, man. Really, really pumped to, to see what you guys can do, especially coming off another strong season. So what I, what I would be curious is, and we kind of touched on Oklahoma and now Cleveland, this process. I don't think fans understand the difficulty in the process for you guys coming into a new city in a hotel room all the yeah. things you're doing is it is it kind of weirdly similar to your arrival at Oklahoma as a freshman where you're meeting all your almost your freshman class you got your hotel like what's that look like for you are they eventually going to set you up with like an apartment how does that all shake out so you can get settled in the city because there's a lot of things to learn about living in a new place because Berea and Cleveland not all too close you know it's close but it's still a bit of a hall there's a lot of moving parts there right
3: Right, yeah, I like to touch on what you said first. I definitely can compare it to my first, you know, being a freshman at uh, Oklahoma, you know, trying to get accustomed to the city, trying to build relationships with the guys on the team and build relationships with the coaches and trying to, like, you know, put your foot in the door and make a way in a position on the team. And then and as far as off the field, you know, yeah, they said, like, you know, around the preseason or after or so, like, that get us accustomed to, uh, you know, our living space. But, yeah, as of right now, you know, similar to how it was in college, you know, you, you get put in the dorm, you know, Right now, hotel in a sense, and and, and now you're just you know building relationships with the freshman class with the rookie class first, you know. And we've done a great job with that guy, like two or three different group chats, you know. And uh, then then that just comes from you know just that experience that we've all had in college, and we're all going through the same process, going through the same extra meetings earlier, lift time, you know, and and staying after. So we're all going through the same process, and it's definitely like Oklahoma being in college at Oklahoma,
0: yeah. I would ask too, kind of piggybacking on that, I know you've only done a little bit of OTAs now, right? Two days of OTAs at this point, right? right? Where everybody's kind of together. I know a couple people, Joel is missing. Was Miles there today? I think Miles flew into Cleveland today. I didn't know if he made it today.
3: No, he didn't make it today.
0: Okay. So, so what I would ask is so far, you've met most everybody kind of been around them. You've probably done some things. Has there been like a, you know, I, I think I can do this. I, I, I feel pretty good about who I am, where I am. It's not like a rookie moment yet. Probably wasn't happening to you strap the pads on getting some preseason games, but has there been like a, you know, this is, this is kind of similar to what I've been doing my whole life. It's not that different, you know, maybe that's a dumb question, but I just like, it's not as awe-inspiring as people think, you know, you're, you're still obviously really prepared to do it. So I was curious what that looks like for you so far.
3: Yeah. So yeah, no, no, you're right. It was a great question. Um, you know, like you said, you know, you don't have that true moment in a sense until you put those pads on. You know, and you know, my moment for me at Oklahoma it was definitely at a practice moment. You know, where I'm making plays left and right, and I told myself, "Yeah, I'm, I'm built for this. I'm supposed to be here." And I haven't had that moment specifically yet. You know, but I've had a feeling of it. You know, just because we've like, majority only able been able to do drills. You know, walkthroughs walk and whatnot. But uh, through drills, you know, seeing myself and how I, you know, compare to others, I'm like, yeah, like. You know, I'm here for a reason. You know, I see why I'm in NFL. I see why I got drafted. So, yeah, I've I definitely felt that, you know, thus far through OTAs. And I, I know for sure I'll have that feeling again when we put the pads on. Why 58? Well, okay, so obviously 95 was taken. That was, you know, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't Yeah, there was no way I could get that. Uh, so then the options that they told me, I think all the 90s were taken and there were like four or five numbers in the fifties that weren't taken, but fifty five was because Ethan Poachich has that he has that number and uh he's actually my lock, he actually right next to my locker, but uh he and I wore fifty five in high school. So uh and fifty eight was an option. And growing up I love to watch uh Thomas Davis, you know, I know he played linebacker, but um he had he wore fifty eight. And uh, also um obviously Von Miller wore fifty eight. And, you know, to me, it just makes an edge player looks a little, a little bit fast when you see them in, a, in, the, in the 50s number. They look a little more agile and whatnot. And so I just want to make it, you know, make it of something myself, you know, unless Miles Garrett, you know, is a good teammate and gives me 95. But uh, other than that, yeah, I just want to kind of make it my own thing right now.
2: Love it. Love it. All right, I just have a couple more for you here. So I always
3: like to ask people,
2: what was the first thing you did after signing your deal? First thing I did,
3: I actually, uh, like as far as like purchases, yeah. Oh well, actually, I actually haven't purchased anything yet. Uh I actually haven't done anything at all. I've actually been squaring away just like all the things I need as far as like you know in the hotel, like the food and drinks and whatnot. But uh as far as now, I haven't bought anything yet at all, actually. Um as far as that first, you know, real purchase. Um but I plan on on doing such obviously probably some type of truck or car, you know. I've been having my eyes on something, but I haven't haven't had haven't, haven't made that decision yet. That's-
0: I'll reel it back a little more toward football with, like, I think that what's interesting, man, is is I think you've got a great skill set for a lot of different things, but I want to hear this from your perspective. It seems like most guys, to make it in the NFL, they need a thing, right, as a defensive end. Either you're really good against run, physical hands, can handle two-gap, can handle setting an edge. You know, Miles is known for being able to be so uniquely large and bend and turn the corner at, at, at such a speed. And, you know, Jadevian's more like, an inside rusher who can he's just he's just different I'm curious what you think like coming into the league what's your thing what do you think you're going to excel at like this is this is a bit of a tough one because maybe you don't know quite yet but just like what what do you think like hey I think I'm going to be really good at this angle and I think this is what's going to be valuable to this team
3: yeah like like you said yeah you know it's hard to get a feel for that right now and, you know, I'm not too sure, but I'm confident in my abilities first off, you know, definitely confident in what I do and play. I played defensive end my whole life. And I know one thing I will for sure be well, that is definitely setting an edge. And our coach always tells us it starts with setting an edge. And I know I'm physical enough to set an edge on a, on a tackle or a tight end to, to, to definitely hold my ground and hold my own. Then when it comes to passion, up, uh, when you earn the right to arrest the passer when I'm out there, you know, I'll definitely pin my ears back and be effective in some way and my high school coach, I mean my college coach would always tell me, you know, there's several ways to affect the quarterback. And you know, it's not always sacks, you know, hits on the QB, hands in the in the passing lanes, you know, batted balls, you know, stuff like that. So definitely being effective at um, uh, affecting the quarterback, whether it's, you know, like like some of the things I just mentioned. So, you know, I think I'll be definitely effective in those areas when that time comes.
0: Do you have a go to we won't share this with anybody you're playing this year. Do you have a go to movie like Club Rip Swim? What's your what's your favorite man you feel most comfortable with?
3: Well, you know, uh, all D-line coaches always say start off with, with some type of power rush, you know. And mine is definitely the long arm, definitely long arm, you know, put that stab in there, and get the offense on their heels. Then when it comes to my, you know, switch it up a little bit, I like to throw a stab a club in there and or some side mm. scissors, you know, definitely get them hands off of you definitely, like I said, setting that up with a power rush. And for me, a long arm or a ball rush to, you know, get them on their heels a little bit, you know, make, you know, tense them up a little bit. So definitely those are my go-to's.
2: Love it. Good stuff. Jake, I think that's, that's about all I've got. If you got anything else you want to get out there.
0: No, man, we, we really, really, Isaiah, appreciate the time, man. We're very excited uh, about, about, you know, I've had many conversations with s- several Oklahoma people about you and uh, nothing but great things to say about you, the person and the player. We're really, really excited to watch you, man. Um, you know, bright future ahead. We can't wait to break down the film. That's what we do here. So maybe someday we can get you back and break down some of your dominating tape this rookie year and, and have some fun that way.
3: Oh, yeah, most definitely. I appreciate you guys.
0: Huge shout out to Isaiah for joining the show today. And again, a reminder of a lot of great stuff coming up at the OBR. Plenty of content on these rookies continues to show up because we really want to give you a full scope of who they are. And then we have other great stuff breaking down the Jadevian Clowney contract, which shout out to Jack Duff. And he was spot on 24 hours before nearly to the penny about what that contract would look like for Clowney. And that's why Jack is the best at what he does. Shout out to him once again. And yeah, otherwise, just uh, Fred Greetham is continuing to update us about OTAs. We get some fresh content from that. We get some some new interviews and things of that nature. We'll continue to update them. Again, a reminder about John Stephenson's article, which will be a fantastic look at how the Browns handle run fits. If you're interested in that, that'll be up tomorrow as well. We'll have a couple nice weekend episodes for you to close out your May. And then, you know, I got to get over and see... There's two things coming up i got to see, folks. Obi-Wan's coming out here at midnight. I'm about to wrap up this recording and watch that. And then just watch Top Gun earlier tonight. Got to watch the uh, second one Saturday, Little little lunch. Perfect time to go to a theater when it's a lunch movie. You can get it done early in the day. It's not too crowded. I like that lunchtime theater matinee pricing. If you can do that on a weekend, it's the perfect thing. Listen, guys, have a great Friday. And if you don't catch me over the weekend, have a great weekend. As I always say... And finish with Go Browns.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming.